Welcome to Movie Talk. I'm Sophie Magnifico. And I'm Angelina Valdivinos. And today, with award season coming up, we decided to talk about our favorite award-winning films in their respective categories. And the winner is... The winner is Cecil Beaton for My Fair Lady. Accepting for Cecil Beaton, Gladys Cooper. So, Angelina, what category are you going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about best costume design, and my favorite film to win that is My Fair Lady. It's a film from 1964, directed by George Cukor, and it's a musical and romance, and basically it's about flower girl Eliza Doolittle, played by Audrey Hepburn, and she's taken in by this language professor, Henry Higgins, and he basically embarks on this journey to teach her to be more ladylike and speak properly. All right, Eliza, say it again. They rhyme in spine, stays mainly in the plain. The rain in Spain stays mainly in the plain. The mastermind behind it all, Cecil Beaton, was actually the same costume designer for the play Pygmalion from which the film was adapted. And aside from the classic gown Eliza wore to the Ascot horse race, I think my favorite costume would have to be the ball gown she wears to the embassy ball scene. It's more it's more modernized from like the rest, but like from the hair to the jewelry to the gloves and the dress itself. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know that much about costume design to be 100% honest. Yeah. Um, but I really respect like all those old musicals, like, from that era, how, like, everything was so grand. Like, uh-huh. there's no more movies like that where the costumes are so grand, the sets are so grand. And, like, like I don't know, like, something about My Fair Lady, like, you see it and it just looks so, like, majestic. Yeah, yeah Bean wanted to go big and bold, whereas Cukor, the director, wanted it to be more toned down. And I'm glad they had their clashes because I couldn't picture the movie without its grand and fantastical costumes. What I love about, um, I love when movies do for costume design when they take a famous style from a certain decade and instead of like they go like exaggerated with it yeah and I, I don't really know that much about like you know like fashion history and you know that but from looking at my fair lady you can tell it's like a hyperbolized mm-hmm. version of how people dress and that's and i like i feel like that if you're gonna do like a period piece you gotta go crazy with the yeah. costumes like that and there's no one lesser costume everybody from the like the extras, they're just so grand, and they all have their yeah, moments. Yeah, that's what. Whenever I'm watching movies like that, I always look at the background. Like mm-hmm. they had to put everybody, every one of these people in like makeup and wardrobe. Lady Boxington, how do you do? How do you do, Lord Boxington? How do you do? How do you do, Mrs. Ainsford Hill, Miss Doolittle? How do you do? How do you do? I love the inclusion of flowers being everywhere, as we know Eliza is a flower girl. From the opening scene of beautiful white carnations to the various flowers enhancing the dresses themselves, most notably the gown Eliza wears for the Ascot horse race, its pattern is a floral lace, and even the extravagant hat she wears all like bear a variety of flowers. Also, even with Higgins, played by Rex Harrison, he attaches one to his own suit, and if you look at it from a symbolic aspect, it's right then that we know he loves Eliza. In the last scene, Eliza wears this high-collared, sheer, long-sleeved pink gown, and in the middle, the fabric is styled in the form of a flower. And I've read others say how they didn't like the gown, and it was like every other 1960s gown, because 
Again, some dresses were beautifully modernized, but I, like, I'd have to disagree. And I really, really loved the dress. Because when you get to thinking about the movie, it's about her becoming more ladylike. And pink is stereotypically feminine, so it's almost like the final stone being set in place. And her embracing this new change. And what about the girl? You act as though she doesn't matter at all. Oh, rubbish, Pickering. Of course she matters. What do you think I've been doing all these months? Also, this is just like a fun fact. So when the cameras were off, Audrey Hepburn wanted to go try on all the dresses and be photographed by Cecil B. And I think that little tidbit in itself really just encapsulates just how glorious these costumes really were. You know, I think most people are left with the desire to try on such dreamy costumes. And another little fun fact would be Cecil B. made over a thousand garments for the film and when you learn that you just appreciate it all the more it really gets you thinking about all the passion that went into making the film well-deserved oscar yeah well-deserved oscar i love it <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is price waterhouse uh, frank pearson for dog day afternoon we did different topics so what was yours so the category I choose to talk about is I want to talk about um, the best screenplay mm -hmm. at the Oscar category. And I chose Dog Day Afternoon. It, was made, it won the Oscar in 1976, and the screenplay is by Frank Pearson. All right, get away from those alarms. Come on, get in the center. He moves. Take his head off. Dog Day Afternoon is a film from 1975, uh, directed by Sidney Lumet, in which Sonny, played, who's played by Al Pacino, and his accomplice Sal, played by John Cazale, rob a bank on a hot summer's day in order to pay for Sonny's lover's sex change operation. But everything goes terrible, and it turns into a hostage situation. You're a city cop, right? Robbing a bank's a federal offense. They got me on kidnapping, armed robbery. They're gonna bury me, man. I don't want to talk to somebody who's trying to calm me. Get somebody in charge here. I am in charge I don't want here. to talk to some flunky pig trying to calm me. I was going to choose Chinatown for this, like the best screenplay, mm -hmm. but I switched because one of my favorite things about film is getting connected to characters. And even though Chinatown's like this airtight, textbook like definition of a great screenplay, I can't say that I was too connected to the characters, but like... I was very much connected to Sonny in this film. Like, I sympathized for him so much, and you get so attached to him. It did its job in making me sympathetic for the protagonist. Yeah, and I think you did a good job deciding between the two. I think, like, you sympathized with him so much, even, like, the little funny things when this accomplice leaves, like, he just can't do it, and then when... Oh, yeah, he lets him leave. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I can't do it, and he lets him leave, like, instantly, <laughs> yeah. even though the robbery has started. He's like, he can't do it, and he lets him leave. Sonny? I can't do it, Sonny. What? I, I'm not going to make it, Sonny. What are you talking about? Like, there's little things throughout the movie, like, um, the girls that he takes hostage, they have to use the bathroom, mm -hmm. so, you know, he's gonna let them, even though they're, they're hostages and he's supposed to be like, treating them poorly, like, he lets them go to the bathroom. Yeah. Um. And he, rare, rarely is he ever stern. He's only stern when he yeah. wants to be. The screenplay, it moves, I like it because it doesn't move at, like, the pace of, like, this is a movie, so everything has to happen, like, this, 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 yeah. we're in the middle of the movie, we're at the end. It moves at the pace of everyday life, so, mm -hmm. like... 
things happen, they sit around for a while. Even the interactions between Sonny and the police, like, nothing's really getting resolved. Like, yeah, sure, the plane's coming to come and save them, but, like, they're still just sitting there waiting around. And, none of, yeah. and that's, like, crucial to the story, to, like, add to this dog day afternoon. That's this mm-hmm. hot day and everybody's trapped. And that's what I really—that's what I really like about the screenplay is how it's still entertaining. But really, when you think about it, there's like maybe like three part points in the movie that are like moving the plot forward. But other than that, is just stagnant. But it's still super entertaining. Yeah, there's so many great witty lines that I just think back to, and I just laugh. Yeah, there's like it, it keeps things light without getting like quote-unquote silly, mm-hmm. you know? Like, there's, like, these little humorous lines in it. Like, um, I know you have one that you like. Yeah. From the movie. Don't want me to say it? <laughs> you want to say it? <laughs> when Sonny goes, I'm a Catholic and I don't want to hurt anybody, because it's kind of ironic. I'm a Catholic and I don't want to hurt anybody, you understand? Yeah, yeah. And, um, or the one line, I think this was actually improvised by the actor that plays Sal, but he said, like, when they were talking about what country they want to go to, he said Wyoming, which is like, it's like something that was like so like stupid, but it was still kind of funny. Yeah. Is there any special country you want to go to? Wyoming. Another thing I like about this movie is that there's no bad guys. Even like the cops that are like trying to pin Sonny, like they're just trying to do their job. Mm-hmm. And like, so you don't hate them because they're just trying to do what they're supposed to do. They're trying to like help the people that are being held hostage. So, like, they're not being evil. They're just trying to do what they're supposed to do. What, you don't smoke? No. How come? I don't want the cancer. The opening sequence of the movie lays out everybody's character, and, that like, the first 20 minutes of a movie are usually known um, by screenwriters to just be sort of, like, the sort of buffer... Mm-hmm. Their buffer times, this first 20 minutes are just used to um, introduce some... Usually the main plot isn't introduced until the 20-minute mark. That's, like, usually how things work. But what I like about this is right off the gate, you get right into the story and you understand exactly who Sonny is because as soon as it, as soon as they try to start doing the robbery, everything just goes wrong. Everything goes, like, you know... Like, you know, as we said, they, the other guy they were with, he has to be let go because he can't handle the stress... And he asks him, like, when they're letting this guy go, he's like, uh, can I take the car? Or something like that. And Sonny's like, take the car. No, you can't. Like, so instantly, like, you, like, figure out, like, how the dialogue is going to be in this movie, mm-hmm. which I really like. Don't take the car. But how do I get home? Take the subway. We need the car. Uh, I appreciate um, the absence of stereotypes towards Leon and Sonny. Leon is um, Sonny's transgender wife. Like... It's this, their sexuality is not a defining character trait. Like it's sort of just like, oh, he has a, he has a wife. And he needs to pay for her sex change operation. Okay, this mo- yeah, now now uh-huh. let's not let's not dwell on that. Yeah, let's not dwell on that. Let's and then they just go to the conversation between them. It's not really something that's like whoa, like and for nineteen seventy six, like they kind of they like, ahead of their time. Yeah, yeah. Instead of saying Sonny's flawed for that reason, they focus mm-hmm. on the pressures that's put on him. No, I can't, I can't, I can't talk to him. He won't listen to anybody. He's been, he's been crazy all summer. Like the actual script, like I read the actual screenplay, and usually like old screenplays, um, they have like cut to every other line, so it doesn't read smoothly. Like if you go and read it, but this reads like a story. Like it reads straight through. There's not a lot of like cut to. Like there there's a lot of like yeah. oh close on, but there's not there's not a lot of like transitions within the script, so it reads really nicely, which I like because it reads like a story. So yeah, um, that's pretty much all I have to say. 
and another well-deserved award. He wants to kill me so bad he can taste it. I got always gonna kill you. Attica! Attica! Make sure to tune into the award season because I know we will. And once a week, there's gonna be an award. Actually, I don't know. It's probably gonna be like virtual stuff, which isn't as fun. But you know, yeah, gotta make it work. I talked about it all in an article, and you guys. Can oh yeah, go read, read our that. article. Go read, go article. read our article on the NHS Bears Den. Go I got, read it. I got, the, I, got the, I got the award dates on there. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> <laughs> They're all there. They're all there. Well, watch these movies. You'll understand why we picked them. They won an Oscar for a reason, you know. Okay, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Bye.